speaker is Corey G. from San Diego. Hello, everyone. My name is Corey. I'm an alcoholic. Um, my sobriety date is January fifteenth, uh, two thousand and thirteen. Coming up on six years, and um, I'm really grateful to be sober and to be here in front of you guys. It's a little nerve wracking, but it's also something I need to do in order to grow in my spiritual life. Um, I grew up here in uh, Pacific Beach, uh, San Diego, and I um, I had a good family, a, a good good relationship with my father. It's just there was. Uh, always something lacking in, you know, my personality, and I could never really adjust to who I was as a person when I was younger. Um, and then at the age of 12, I tried alcohol for the first time. Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And it was um, a feeling that I never had before, and it was something that I felt like I needed more and more and more and more of. And once I got a hold of it, um, it trailed and spiraled into the life that led me to get sober. Um, you know, I dabbled in other things as well, so it's a mixed batch, but alcohol was, I was a blackout drinker, um, time traveler, and um, I got, at, at 22 years old, um, when I got sober, I had been on a, about a month and a half psychosis bend where I was walking around, um, clueless of what I was doing and, and what, where I was, um, up until my dad came and he found me and he got me to a mental hospital. Um, that was December 22nd, 2012. And I had no idea what I was doing and I, and I was in so much pain and hopelessness that when he asked me, are you ready to get help, I was willing to say yes because I was ready and I needed some kind of change. Some, something in my life needed to be different because what I was doing so far didn't work. And when I got into that mental hospital, um, I slowly came to to the reality that what I was doing wasn't only harming other people, it was harming myself, and that the people around me are who I, surra- who I surrounded myself with were people just like me. I drank with other alcoholics, and I did drugs with other drug addicts. And my environment was solely based off of these people. And when I got sober, I needed a new change, a new environment. Um, uh, about 27 days later, I tried. I smoked some weed off of a relapse. I thought I was, you know, I could do that. Um, ended up calling a, a, an ambulance on myself, um, saying that I was dying. Um, I sat in front of a liquor store, um, telling everybody around me that I was dying. And um, when the ambulance came and picked me up, and I was, you know, headed to the hospital, um, they had to reassure me that I, I wasn't dying. Um, and then I was just having a panic attack. And that's when I realized that I have to be completely sober, and I need to do whatever it takes. So I started skateboarding to this uh, meeting I call, um, or it's called, you know, Dom Patrol, God's Garage, and I would go there every single morning, and then I'd hit the noon at the Alano Club, and then I'd hit the 2.30 at the Alano, then I'd hit the 6 o'clock at the Alano, and then I'd go home and I'd wake up and I'd do it again. And then I got a sponsor and I started working the steps. And slowly I started to... felt like I actually loved myself. You know, I could see that my perspective in life change. I loved myself again. I loved, you know, the opportunities that I had in sobriety. I started, you know, building a relationship with God, which I never had before. Um, 
and, and slowly but surely, these things started hap- good things started happening to me. But I didn't let those good things get in the way of what I still needed to do in recovery because I always needed to work for more and more and more. I needed to be better at certain things. You know, once, you know, I worked on a character defect, another character defect popped up. You know, once I started to uh, develop relationships with other people, I still needed to learn how to maintain that and not isolate. There was a whole list of things. I needed to learn how to shop, grocery shop. Because what I was used to buying was breakfast jacks and jack-in-the-box. That's about it. You know, that's all I knew how to do. So the first day when I went into a grocery store, I literally had no idea what, what I was doing. I walked straight to the top ramen aisle and walked straight out. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what my life was. But I needed, and then I was like, I needed to make a list, and I needed to do all these things. And it was like so overwhelming, I just went home, you know. And, <laughs> um, but what I want to share with you, and welcome to the newcomers, and congratulations on three years. That's, that's a big deal. And, um, you know, what I want to share with you is that no matter how hard it gets, you don't have to drink. You really don't. You know, I've been through some tough times in sobriety, and I've been through some depression in sobriety where I never thought I'd ever make it out. I spent my fourth to fifth year in a deep depression that I thought I would never make it out of. It was almost as if, you know, I didn't want to use, and drink, or use or drink, and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to do anything else, so I was kind of stuck in this very painful situation which I didn't know how to get out of. And I just kept telling myself that if I, you know, failed to enlarge my spiritual life, then I wouldn't survive the certain trials and low spots that were ahead of me. So I always, I always tried to perfect and enlarge that spiritual life. I was still praying, and I was still going to meetings, and I was still talking to people, regardless of what my life circumstances had been. And when I came out of that depression, I was more on fire for recovery than I've ever been in my life. And what I did with that, instead of keeping that to myself, I started using that with the people I surrounded myself with. I started hanging out with other people instead of my soul group that I did hang out with. I started branching out, and I started giving away what I had gotten in sobriety. And if you're new and you don't know what the outcome of your life is going to look like when you're sober, especially if you're young and getting sober, it's, it's great. It's great. There's painful stuff, and then there's really good stuff. And the really good stuff far outweighs the painful stuff. Because the painful stuff is temporary, but that good stuff I can hold on to forever. And what I'm going through right now is, is a season of love and a season of happiness, and, and I've never felt that even throughout my whole course of sobriety. And I just I want to love on people, and I want to share my, my story and my experience even with random people. You know, I started talking to more homeless people. I started sharing and branching out with them. And you know, every time I get an opportunity to help somebody, I do it. Because what I have, um, I need to give it away. And I need to work on it, and I need to keep working on it, because it's not, it's not something I want to hold on to, because this is a beautiful thing. Sobriety is a wonderful thing. You know, and I'm so grateful that my, my mess turned into a great message. You know, it's, it's such a great thing. And, and you know, I've, I've stayed sober through a lot, you know, for almost six years, and seeing my friends that were once sober not stay sober anymore, and, and I see what happens to them, and I, and I, and I don't do that. You know, I don't stray that way. You know, I make sure to keep the course, and I, I make sure to hold on to what I have because I don't want to lose this. I don't want to go back to what I was doing when I, before I got sober. Um, you know, the first, first year of my sobriety was all about maintenance. You know, how can I maintain my, 
what I have? How can I maintain it? I had to work the steps. I had to sponsor other people. I had to give my family, you know, the amends that they deserved. And some of these things were very hard to do, but now I have, you know, great relationships with my family. And there's a part of my family that I don't have relationships because it hurts me. So I strayed away from that, and I moved away from that, and I grew from that. You know, but, but today what I do is um, I wake up in the morning, and I don't always pray. I don't always pray, which I need to work on because I drive. And when I start to drive, what I just prayed about really goes out the window very fast. So I tend to pray after I get done driving. Um, and I work with other people in recovery, and I, I give away what I have, and I, and I still work my steps, and I, and I have a sponsor, and I, and I, I sponsor other people. And, um, you know, there's some things in sobriety that I've, I've gotten, and, and I've, I've, I've gotten a wife in sobriety, and I'm, and I'm about to get an AA, uh, not AA, well, an AA, but AA. Such a <laughs> Let me rephrase that. An associate's degree in, uh, in engineering. And um, the placement levels I got when I first got sober were, you know, high school level. And now I have, you know, I'm, I'm in the, the very high courses of, of en- almost engineering. I'm almost an engineer. I never gave up. Most of my sobriety has been in school. And it takes away my time. And, it, and I'd love to spend more time, but I, I just... I'm focused and I'm determined and it's something I've never had before. And I can share with you that whatever you want to achieve, it is possible. Whatever you want to do in life, it is possible. And there, I, everybody in this room is here, here to support you in your journey. My name is Corey. Thanks for letting me share.